welcome to episode 238 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, I am coming to you solo today, um, one day after the Pacers versus the Kings, because uh, Bong is not going to be here, I think, for about the next week or so. I should have had this up, but I'm going to check the schedule of like approximately. Um, so he will, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be gone for a bit. So I'll be running solo for the next few episodes, but um yeah we'll, we'll address that um a little bit more when it, i guess the time comes to it but yes uh i am coming to you a day after the pacers game because i was able to go live to this game and yeah it was an experience um so uh let, let's get let's do a quick recap of the game so the kings welcome back tyrese they welcome back uh buddy heel that's the other guy they welcomed them back to the golden one center um Tyrese got cheered of course um pretty much universally I don't, I don't think I heard boos while there body heel on the other end got booed pretty heavily <laughs> which again I just didn't think it was gonna happen because you know it's, it's gonna be weird if you're cheering for Tyrese and then booing buddy but they just ended up booing buddy um for the rest of the game and Tyrese didn't really get a much of a reaction for the most part um we'll get to that we'll get to why later I, it, with the initial cheers during introductions but not much reaction for my, for the rest of the game. Anyways, uh, the game started out on a very weird five and one start. Now the five and one start is uh, on the Pacers side. Pacers, I think, scored. Uh, yeah, Jalen Smith hit a th- hit a wide open three when nobody closed out to him, and then uh, I think Nemhart sp- did a spin on De'Aaron, and it was five quick points, and that was a like just a minute in, I think. And Mike Brown calls a timeout. Okay. And then, so after that timeout, like, like you know, Mike Brown's known for this at this point. Just a quick timeout. If something, if the defense just isn't there, he's just going to call a timeout right away. It doesn't matter, right? So he calls a timeout. And the Kings come out of it playing better. They start kind of, they you know, they go back and forth with the Pacers. Then they start kind of pulling away. They end up, they end the first quarter um, 33 to 20. So, and basically, after this point, they never really looked back. They end up outscoring or tying uh, the Pacers for the rest of the game. But it was during this first quarter and the third quarter that they kind of pulled away from the separation. Or they that they got the separation that they need and basically never looked back. There was a shaky moment within the third quarter where Jalen Smith, Jay, Jalen Smith, he was the, I believe, the 10th pick. Let's see. Yes, he was the 10th pick in the 2020 draft. Now, if you guys don't remember, uh, Tyrese was also in the 2020 draft, and he was the 12th pick. Jalen Smith was picked by the Suns before Tyrese Halliburton, and they ended up denying his option. Uh, I think his third or fourth year option. I don't remember. They denied his option and ended up trading him away to Indiana. It's so weird that all these guys end up in Indiana. now. <laughs> it really is. And also, Aaron Neesmith is, is on this team as well. He Wow, he actually played a lot. I'll be honest, didn't notice him out there at all. Yeah, Neesmith was the 14th pick uh, in the 2020 draft. I I was a big uh, Neesmith fan and actually was hoping that the Kings would draft him. But hey, Tyrese fell into their lap. You got to pick Tyrese at that point. Anyways, Jalen Smith had a individually almost brought them back. He had 15 straight points to cut the lead to 15. Now, the Kings have been, like, up 22 or, like, up 20-plus for much of the third quarter. But Jalen Smith went on a personal 15-point 15, 15 run 
to kind of make the king shake a little bit. Now, uh, and the way he did it was um, they would just leave him open. Part of it was just the, guy, the guards just not great at uh, keeping guys um, from penetrating the paint. Sabonis has to help, and he just gets left open uh, for threes. And he was uh, four for five from three this game, eight for ten. He was he was good. And Tyrese, give him credit, didn't have an amazing shooting game, but he set guys up, and a lot of them, a lot of them went to Jalen Smith. And after, yeah, so after that 15, 15 straight run, Malik Monk goes to the basket. I think he got a steal, and he goes up, and I think he elbows, uh, inadvertently elbows Jalen Smith in the chin or something, possibly giving him a concussion. I'll be honest, in real time, I didn't know what it was. I just couldn't tell, and on the replay, it didn't look that bad. But Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith was on the ground for a long time. And he ended up actually exiting exiting in the game. I hope he's okay. Um, the, the fans were not happy about this flag uh, about this flagrant call because it just didn't look. Uh, again, on the on a monitor, they only showed one replay of it, and I've not been able to find um, just an actual replay of it, like on Twitter or YouTube or anything. And yeah, and he had been actually been flopping for much of the game. There was a really funny flop uh, where he drew Sabonis's third foul, where he totally flopped on a rebound and got a call on Sabonis and yeah the crowd was not happy with him but you know I hope the kid's okay but yeah he really didn't make the Kings shake in their boots a little bit um so after the flagrant foul the league gets cut to 12 um the Kings then proceed to lock in and close down the rest of the third quarter or the rest of the third quarter the rest of the three minutes uh on a 19 to 8 run to completely shut the door on the Pacers and again just didn't look back after that um, this is, this was one of the things that I really wish the Kings would do a little bit more often. This is very reminiscent of the Spurs game where they, you know, as I always say, they went for the kill that, you know, it was a team teetering on the edge and, you know, you had a comfortable enough lead, but it wasn't comfortable enough. If you, if you were a Kings fan, my, I was sitting with my buddy because Bond couldn't come to this game. He had been saying it's time to like the beam in the third quarter. Cause we were up like 28, I think at one point. And I said, yeah, you never want to say that with the Kings. They'll they'll find a way to make this interesting, and they kind of did. But again, they were the, the league got as uh, low as twelve, and after that, they just completely locked in on defense. You know, got steals, got runouts, and just absolutely ran the ran the Pacers out the gym. Um, after the game, uh, Mike Brown calls this the most complete defensive effort from the Kings. Um, interesting stats. Um, so Kings actually had 18 turnovers this game. Not very, not good at all. But on the bright side, only gave up eight fast break points. Now the Pacers had 15 turnovers and gave up 31 fast break points. Now that's incredible. Um, one of the reasons why the Kings didn't give up a lot of fast break points, they did do a decent enough job of getting back, but also lots of like traveling calls. It's a, it's a new, uh, it's a new point of emphasis for sure. Um, where, you know, team like the refs are just calling a lot more travels. They're looking at the feet um, a lot more closely. And, you, you know, you just can't get away with just these, you know, these let's, some of them are borderline, but they're pretty black and white when you watch it on the replay. But yeah, they're calling a lot of those. So they end up get they end up like turning the ball over, but it was a lot of dead ball turnovers and they just didn't, they didn't give up a lot of uh, buckets off of that. However, there are, there are some weird ones where, you know, um, the the Pacers inbound the ball and just get a straight get a straight line drive right to the basket. They don't count those as fast break points. 
there were a lot of there were quite a few of those so you know it's, the kings weren't perfect but they they what got on the break and the pacers didn't really do that enough and that's why it was a blowout uh another another kind of you know good good thing about this game the game the kings got got back to their three-point game now the last few games uh i can't how do i check it i would have to probably manually pull up the games but let, let's just let's just use last game uh the game against the suns as an example against the suns they shot against the suns they only shot 25 threes which is really really low um and in this game they end up shooting 43 threes and make and making 16. so they're finally kind of back to their three-point ways there were there now every now it could be just everyone just shot a little better and you know more shots go down and then you're more inclined to shoot more but there were it, it i would argue the kings could have been even better from three this game like kevin herter was two for six from three he had two like really bad air balls which was really weird on open threes so like i feel like he could have been a lot better keegan murray was like two for nine but he could have been a lot better as well um and but the most of like the three-point barrage came from malik mung and terrence davis and even Davion Mitchell, Davion Mitchell was two for three. Although I think one of them was in garbage time. But like Malik Monk, he missed his first three threes and did not miss a shot for the rest of the game. So like he was he was an absolute heater. And then Terrence Davis, five for 13. What the fuck? Not even 13 shots. Didn't feel like it. But it, he was three for eight from three. And yeah, they brought the energy. And, you know, when, when the Kings are making threes like this, it's tough to beat them. And you know they're back to their old three-point ways, and hopefully this kind of carries over to the next few, next games. I don't know what was going on with the last few, where they just didn't take a lot, but you know in this game they they got back to their ways, and yeah, it was I don't want to say an easy win, but it was a very it was a comfortable enough win. Um, KZ um, checked in early, and I thought he was just overall just terrific on defense. I really want to see him play more, like. He he's an he's a defensive stopper is what I call him. Like he's a guy that definitely makes like you know primary scores think twice. They put him on Tyrese. I think they put him on Buddy a few times. There, um, Casey had a help side block on uh, on a Tyrese drive. So like you just get you just get more intensity on that end. And the Kings, you know, for a team that's struggling on the defensive end, you know, give Casey Alcala some more minutes. He he's he's really good. And I don't well at least I don't notice like what how if he's affecting the spacing on the floor so you know give him a bone like have him have him just play a little more get get a little more comfortable and you know hopefully your defense gets a little better i'm not saying start him or anything but do give him do give him a bone like play him with davion mitchell that is a defense that is a d dynamic defensive duel and i want to see more of that um davion davion mezzi and malik and td they all brought the energy tonight like i think i think mezzi only had one dunk this game but it was a loud dunk in the in the uh, fourth quarter where yeah basically he got like one of those I said I call them punch dunks where um Terrence Davis threw it up to him and he basically just punched it in with the with the left hand that got the that got the crowd on their feet and yeah again just Mezzi just playing his role you know not taking bad shots he took one three but it was wide ass open on top on the top of the key and like again he's not trying to do too much he's not dribbling all over the place he's been just terrific and you know he holds up just well enough on defense and you know he doesn't get a lot of minutes he only he, you know he only plays minutes where Sabonis is not out there and 
you know, he he you know he fits in just well. Like he put plays just well enough before he could possibly hurt you. And yeah, I just gotta say he's just been he's just been terrific. I, I can never say enough about just the transformation of Matu and how he's able to you know transform the way he plays essentially and honestly playing the way he should instead of you know last year where he's constantly just you know dribbling and getting stripped all the time. Um, Malik Malik um as I as I spoke like he had a really good game. He was like lights out from three. He missed like three threes in the first and like. I think yeah, I think those were his first three shots, but after that he was absolutely lights out. And you know Malik, the playmaker, is a really welcome surprise. 20, 20 points, six assists. That's the thing I just I, I've mentioned it before on another on another episode, but like I did not know he could kind of pass the way he can. Like he has a real feel to passing, and that's kind of stuff you can't really teach. It comes naturally, and he has it. And you know he's been a real he's been a real like spark off the bench like he has established himself as the sixth man of the team. Terrence Davis, you know he he got an extended opportunity and absolutely exploded on the on on the uh, Pacers. He had he even had a nice little alley oop dunk and you know just just playing good defense, playing with energy and as I as I call him the agent of chaos out there, just out there just doing shit um let's see who else off the bench uh davion davion was really good on uh, tyrese like you know he tyrese is not really a guy that is like well suited to really attack davion like if you if you're not gonna if a lot of the times what a lot of people end up doing is that if they can't get a step on davion they try to just go through him that's not really tyrese's game and Tyrese ended up just having to kind of give up the ball a lot. And of course, like, you know, Tyrese is a master kind of like, you know, a pick and roll ball handler. So he was able to manipulate kind of kind of manipulate the screen to kind of use him to kind of try and get get something going. But Dave, but Davion was just all over him and he even tried to go through Davion a few times. And, you know, he doesn't have the frame to really do that. And it's one of the big reasons why, you know, um, you know, scoring wise, uh, Tyrese didn't really have a good game. You know, just not being able to kind of handle the pressure that um, Davion puts on puts on ball handlers, and you know, Davion also like hit his shots this game. So like, if he can hit shots, that's a huge bonus because his defense it's disruptive and it's good. It gives a lot of guys problems, and you know, if he can just add a little bit more scoring on that end, that's that's just gravy on top. Um. Harrison Barnes kind of had a bit of a bounce back game, not a, a crazy amount of points, but was, you know, a, a, a game high plus 30, 22 points, you know, nine of 10 from the free throw line, six of nine from th- six of nine fr- from the field, not from three, but only one, only one three. But, you know, in, in games where he is just aggressive and scoring, like he's really, he's real, like the team is really good when he can score about 20. And you know he's—I just want to see him be able to do this a little bit more. Of course, it's not really—he's not a guy that forces things, but he probably should try to force a little bit more because when he is attacking and being aggressive, you know, the team just does well because it gives—it gives them that little extra scoring punch, and everyone else can kind of, and everyone else can kind of like take it—not take it a little easy, but it kind of gets the team going because he's a guy that can kind of stabilize the game slow the game down a little bit and just kind of get you something and it can spark the team in a way even though like you know he's not a very emotive uh player at all 
Um, also, uh, interesting thing about this game, he finally got one of those foul-baiting and ones to go. Harrison does this at least once a game where he kind of baits a guy into fouling him, and he'll just kind of throw the shot up and just, you know, it almost never goes in. And he, But in this game, this is how you know everything was just going for the Kings. He managed to get one of those to go in. De'Aaron even got uh, one of those moves where he just drove to the rim and did essentially the James Harden rip through where he just kind of rips hot. Like he picks up the ball and just goes up high and then throws it up and it went in. It was just one of those kinds of games where the, everything went the Kings' way. And yeah, like Harrison being aggressive is a big part of that. Um, Sabonis, so I can't really name you anything specific that he did, but he's just doing his thing, being the hub of the offense. And also, like, he dominated Miles Turner. My God. Uh, we'll talk about Miles Turner later, but, like, you know, not very effective <laughs> against Sabonis, who, like, Sabonis is a special kind of center where if you put, like, a length, like, a like a skin, although, like, Miles Turner was huge when I saw him, but, like, a bit of a, like, a high center gravity, kind of a skinnier center on him, who, you know, could be a little bit, who, like, is taller and longer. Sabonis could actually abuse those kinds of matchups because Sabonis is a, you know, low, like a, you know, not an, he's a ground-based player where he's really good at using his body to kind of seal off guys for layups, and Miles Turner was not very effective this game guarding Sabonis, although, like the, the issue was like everyone else really it wasn't it wasn't because he lost the matchup against Sabonis more that of why they had a really bad defense it was just you know to, it was just like gravy on top for Sabonis where you know he just or Turner could not like handle Sabonis um let's see Kevin Herter had a, had a pretty decent game and yeah, the, the bench or the third unit or, you know, the fourth unit, the garbage time unit, they managed to check in late late in the game because it was just so out of hand. And yeah, overall, just a great win for the Kings. They needed this kind of bounce back game after losing three straight. It's gotten so bad that uh guys like national guys who, let's be honest, don't watch the Kings all that much. were losing faith in the Kings. But, you know, they lost against three really good teams. And now, like, they, they finally face a team, let's just say, you know, to... Like, Pacers are kind of at the Kings' level, but maybe it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors with them because, like, let, let's see who they've beaten. So they've beaten the Magic twice. They've beaten the Rockets, the Hornets. Oh, the, the Raptors. Now, that's actually pretty impressive. Um, Like, oh, they've beaten the, oh, they beat the Pelicans, too. Well, good on them. But, you know, but before before they came to Sacramento, like, they're facing a quite a quite a few crappy teams. Like, they lost them to the Timberwolves. That was a bit, that was a bit naff. But they lost, They won against the Nets, and they beat the Lakers. So the opponents are kind of eh for the most part on, on their wins. There, there's some nice wins in there. But you can say, like, you know, they finally kind of met a team that, you know, is at their level in the Kings. And let's be honest, was kind of wanted blood because, you know, where, where did they want to admit it or not? This was a this was a statement game. They're like, they, they wanted to play well because, guess what? Guess what? You know, the, the big trade last year, sending Sabon sending Sabonis to the Sacramento and sending Tyrese and Buddy over to uh over to Indiana, there was emotion coming into this game. And the Kings wanted to make a statement of like may, you know, who maybe the Kings won the trade. We won't know for at least a year or two, I think, at least. But at least you make that statement that at least for now, it looks like the Kings definitely got the better side of that trade. They're a better team. And you know, we'll, we'll see like how things work out in the future. 
but like they were they were on they were on the brink of you know losing four straight and you know for god forbid not being able to see that beam for another for another few days and they 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 came out looking for blood and yeah they compl- they basically dominated the pacers through and through so you know good on the kings for being able to do that good on them for closing it out early and yeah i was in the building and it was deafening in there like the energy at these kings at these kings games it's incredible um Okay, let's uh let, let's switch over to the Indiana the Indiana. So Buddy was booed, as we said. Uh, Tyrese cheered. Uh, I don't think there was a tribute video. I'm I was gone for a, for a little bit, like during halftime. Maybe they played at halftime. I, I don't know, but no no uh, tribute video would surprise me. Uh, Tyrese was cheered, of course. That's to be expected. Um, apparently Buddy actually flipped off the fans um apparently like an upside down a middle finger to some fans which that's unfortunate because like you know buddy's a buddy's a great guy like before the game he was signing autographs like you know he's still showing love to people in sacramento i have a buddy shirt i'm actually wearing a buddy shirt right now although i didn't wear it to the game i instead wore a tyrese jersey but like you know he he treat he he treats the i think he he for the most part like still loves sack you know the thing with him and the organization didn't work out and you know, like don't get don't get me wrong. I was very frustrated at Buddy towards the end too because of his just shot selection. You even see it saw it this game. Dude was just chucking, and it, it just was not happening. Um, you know, like you, you got to give him credit for when he was here, and you know he like no one will ever truly give him enough credit, or like not enough people give him credit for this. But like, do, you know, we talk about Marvin. The biggest issue with him was he just wasn't healthy. Like on the other end of that spectrum, Buddy was always healthy. And I just don't think like enough people will ever give him credit for that. He always played through stuff. He was always healthy. And, you know, for better or for worse, he tried, he tried to, you know, he really did try to win. But, you know, being the Kings in that position, like he just, he just did, wasn't in position to be able to do that. And, you know, things kind of ended with him badly, but, you know, I always show love. I always show love to Buddy. Like he, he was, a, he was a fixture for this team and, you know, he blew up with this team and he got that. Big contract that may or may not have been good or bad or may or may not or he or may or may not have kind of complained about. But, hey, he got his money and, you know, he'll always he'll always be a, a fixture. I think a king. He'll always be known as a king for the most part, I think, at least for now. And I don't know what it would be like in the future. But uh, he had a weird game where he it said he's three for eight. It didn't feel that way. It felt like he was like three for 16, to be honest, from three. He ended up having a pretty decent game, six for 13 um only one turnover um like there there were some kind of just like he actually drove to the rim a lot i actually thought he was better driving to the rim than he was from three because it kept breaking and he, it seems like his uh his driving game has gotten a little better and you know that 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 could be just a lot of carlisle putting him in better positions but you know he he was buddy to say the least <laughs> um i and uh, yeah, that could be for for better or for worse. Um, for this game, at least, again, he was breaking, so it just it just didn't happen for him. But hey, he, it's first time seeing him back, and yeah, he gave us basically not the full Buddy Heel experience. He didn't he didn't like you know comically dribble the ball off his foot or anything, but you know a, a very Buddy esque game against uh, you know his former team. Um, T- Tyrese, I thought had a pretty. Like scoring wise, he did not do well. He only had nine points. However, ten assists. But most importantly, the streak comes to an end because he turned the ball over twice this game. So yeah, if you guys didn't know before coming into this game, he I believe it, the stat was he had 
40, 40 assists to no turnovers, which, again, pure insanity how he's able to do that. And, like, you know, talk about, like, the usage percentage. Like, I think Luka had a 36% or, like, a 43% uh, usage, but, like, nowhere near what uh, Tyrese's assist percentage is. Like, the dude is a passing wizard. Like, there's no denying that. And, you know, it, it really, he. this is, unfortunately for him, or for better or for worse, this was c- kind of the bad type of Tyrese game. Again, it, it wasn't for a lack of trying, but put it, but him going up against Davion Mitchell is just not a great matchup for him because, again, he can't really go through him. It's, it's an adventure trying to go around him. So either he has to, like, you know, use a screen and hopefully get a step or just, you know, he has to pass it off. And he just didn't score well. Four for, four for 13 for this game and one for six from three. Although the one three he, he made, very kind of signature Tyrese where, you know, he high arcing shot just, you know, swishes right through. I thought he was going to do that for the rest of the game, but he wasn't able to. But the tennises do, do matter. Like, he really set up uh, Jalen Smith and... You know, overall, I thought he was fine, but it definitely does kind of, kind of like remind us, kind of, you know, remind us of kind of the quote unquote bad Tyrese games where I just feel it didn't take enough shots. Granted, he didn't play in the fourth quarter, um, but, you know, just only 13 shots when he's clearly, you know, by far the best player on, on the team. Like, you know, you got to take more shots. And, you know, unfortunately, like Jalen Smith went out, went out, but. You know, you got to take over at some point. And instead, it's usually like Buddy doing it. Although the other guy, like, we'll, we'll talk about him. But, but like, he needs to find a way to kind of impose his will more on the game uh, is the only thing I'll say about him. Like, uh, every, although everything else, like, again, uh, absolutely wizard of a passer, you know, really smart player. And, you know, it's a, it's a joy to watch him play again. All right, let's talk about the rest of the Pacers. So let's start with Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith in the third quarter was an absolute one-man army. Again, as I mentioned, 15 straight points just by him. Now, it wasn't like a 15-0 run, but it was he was scored 15 straight points for the Pacers. Just, you know, again, fading for three or popping out for three, getting layups set up by some, you know, anybody like Andrew Namhart or Tyrese Halliburton. Like just absolutely dominated for a stretch until unfortunately, again, I think it was an I'm, I'm pretty sure it was an accident. But he did catch an elbow from Malik Monk and, you know, had to leave the game. But he, he legitimately was going to be the Kings killer. Again, 19, only played 19 minutes, had 22 points and six rebounds. And four for five from three, absolutely unstoppable. Eight for 10 from the field. It's unfortunate that he had to exit the game because, honestly, had he kept playing, it was a good chance he could have actually brought the, brought the Pacers back and could have made this a game. Um, I will say he's a world club. He's a he's a flopper for, or flopper for sure. He definitely fooled the refs a few times with, you know, some of his flops. And again, uh, I I don't I, again. I wish the, I was the best for the kid, but yeah, it was <laughs> the fans were not happy with when it was called a flagrant. Like they were, it was nuclear heat when it was announced it was a flagrant foul because a lot of the crowd thought he flopped. And again, even on the replay, we only saw one replay of it on the monitor and. It, it, it just didn't look like it was that hard of a hit. It was an inadvertent elbow, and apparently it was getting reviewed for a hostile act. I don't think it was a hostile act. Uh, it, I, I just thought it was an inadvertent elbow and probably shouldn't have been a flavor. But, hey, it is what it is. You know, good, good on Jalen Smith. He's turned himself into a good player. And despite, 
you know, the Suns, let's be honest, botching that pick and not taking Tyrese Halliburton instead taking a guy that, you know, doesn't really like that they end up having to trade away. I don't even know what they traded away for him, actually, or what the Pacers have to give up for him. But he seems to be a young player. He's definitely one of those kind. He's a definitely Miles Turner type. Now, probably nowhere near the rim protection, but it's not like Miles did much of this game. So maybe he maybe he's just as good as Miles Turner. Um, Let's see. Uh, next guy I want to talk about, uh, TJ McConnell. Like he last time he played in the Golden One Center, he lit up. Um, he lit up Fox because he is an absolute speed demon. Just get, just like bloat explodes by by guys. Like he has an incredible top speed, and you know he's a guy that plays with relentless energy. He come, he's kind of that Jose Alvarado type where you know you gotta you gotta watch how you're dribbling around him. He's gonna make you're gonna have to work to get around him to cross half court and all that stuff. You know, he's just an overall annoying guy to play against. Great to have on your team. Great for an energy guy. But, you know, just an absolute nightmare to play against. Um, however, I said, I just call him a speed demon. Not much of an actual threat to actually score because, you know, he doesn't really have, he's not, he's not a finisher by any means. He doesn't, he's not really a jump shooter either. And so he can't really pressure the rim in, in a way. He does have like this kind of short range, kind of hang in the air kind of, uh, little not even a mid-range it's it's like too close in to be a mid-range and he does have a little bit of a jumper but it doesn't look that accurate it looks a little funky um but overall i just think he's a he's a fun player to have on your team but um his, the highlight of this game unfortunately for him is that he got the absolute shit sh uh, blocked out of him by davion davion turned the ball over um i think it was a pick six and Davion ends up getting a giant chase down block on TJ McConnell and it ended up going off TJ too. It was one of the signature moments of this game and how just the Kings were relative, were pretty good on defense, just didn't give up, brought that second energy and just a lot of things were going well for the Kings. Um, okay, Mouse Turner. Now, I've always thought he was, you know, like the 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 prototypical perfect modern center. You know, a guy that can block shots, a guy that can, you know, protect the rim um, and like, you know, guard in the post as well. Now, granted, I, he probably is a lot much better rim protector than what he showed this game. But he did not he did not really deter anyone from attacking the rim. Um, uh, granted, like De'Aaron didn't attack the rim much. And that's part of part of that has to do with um, Miles Turner being down there. But like Barnes went right at him and like um, Sabonis went right at him. And also on the offensive end just doesn't have much touch like for a guy that's known as a shooter hit he was shooting bricks like i remember i, I grew up on b-ball breakdown and i remember him saying one of the ways you can tell how good a shooter is is by how he misses and he threw up bricks like they hit like hard iron like they hit like back iron they, they weren't even close for the most part and it was it's just kind of odd. Like, you know, he, he used to, I used to think of him as a guy with great touch. Like when they used to let him post up, uh, granted that's a Rick Carlisle thing that he doesn't, he doesn't like it when people post up. So maybe that's part of it, but like he had a great like mid range post up game, but like maybe his, his mechanics just isn't built for, for a three because the way he releases it, it looks like he's trying to get the ball out of his hands as quick as possible. And, you know, if you remember like the, from the uh, Lakers game, he he missed like a wide open three on, on top of the rim, like really badly, which then led to everyone, which then led to the uh, 
um, Tyrese getting the ball and the Andrew Nimhart uh, game-winning three. He's kind of got – I don't know what it is with him. He, I think he's just lost his touch. Um, also, he, he missed two free throws, and um, the, the Kings fans got a free uh, crumble cookies. I have not redeemed mine and probably won't because it's a little late in the day <laughs> to actually do it. So, But, yeah, the, the crowd absolutely exploded when he missed both free throws. And, again, both of them were just like bricks. Yeah, just the guy. I just didn't expect him to just be so, you know, almost bad on the offensive end. And like he had a he had a quite a few um, possessions where he drives to the rim and just for no reason loses the ball. Like I don't think there was a foul there. Like it just didn't just wasn't his game. Maybe it just wasn't his game. I, I don't know. Like that that's the thing about like the, this Pacers team. Like up until this point, like everyone's talking about how good their offense is. Like Tyrese again, forty assists, no turnovers, and. They were going to run into a bit of a bus. They were going to run into a wall at some point, and they ran into a wall. That was the Kings, and that is really weird to say. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay, the, the last guy I want to talk about, Ben Matherin. This guy is going to be a problem. He, he's a relentless attacker. He's got, he's got really, he's got a good driving game. He's got a good mature scoring game. He goes, he, his job is to go out there and get buckets. And I'm surprised he has zero assists this game. I don't know if that I don't know if that's a hole in his game yet or not. But he just attacked, attacked, and attacked, and he is nice. Like he is a really, really good player. And you know he ended up drawing. Like he kept attacking the rim, getting 11 free throws this game. He is going to be a problem. And you know once the, once they figure out like the Ty, the pairing with him and Tyrese, Tyrese doesn't really need to score all that much because. A lot of it can be just Ben Matherin going at guys because this guy is fearless, he is relentless, and he just kept attacking. He's a fun player to watch. Now, the defensive part, eh, I, I didn't notice anything with him. Like, the the, the Pacers got a good pick at, at number at number six with Ben Matherin. Like, it was either him or Shane Sharp, and I think Shane Sharp is an amazing pick at number seven. And... You know, this guy's going to be a problem. And, you know, like the, the LeBron stuff, like that's fun. <laughs> like he ended up, I think, I think, yeah, he ended, up, he ended up being like better than LeBron. Or like, yeah, I have to watch the game, but like the stats wise, he was basically a little, um, like slightly better than LeBron. And, you know, he's a guy that said during the draft, like LeBron's got to prove that he's better than him. Right now, Ben Matherin, he's a problem. And he's going to continue to be a problem going forward. It, yeah, he's a fun he's a fun player to watch, and again, fearless. Just something that just you know draws you to him, like a guy that just isn't, it doesn't give a shit. He's gonna do what he's gonna do, and you're and you're not gonna stop him. That's definitely the vibe I get from him. And yeah, not, no threes this game surprisingly, but yeah, just kept attacking and just what again just was a problem. <laughs> okay, uh, last thing I want to talk about. Okay, so. This is just something, you know, I just noticed, like, Rick Carlisle doesn't seem like, was just miserable pretty much the entire game. Like, after the first time out by Mike Brown, again, the Kings just absolutely just ran them over for the rest of the game. And uh, Rick Carlisle just looked miserable the entire time. Like, every, like, especially during, like, the third quarter when the Kings were making their run. Like, he just kept calling timeout. They actually used their last timeout uh, in the, at the end of the third quarter and actually got assessed a technical foul at the end of the fourth quarter because they didn't have a mandatory timeout. Now, I don't know what the rule is with that, but yeah, they used up all their timeouts and each timeout you could clearly see just, well, he, he looked miserable the entire time, but 
you saw you saw guys like Tyrese kind of slumping their shoulders, kind of just getting annoyed, probably like knowing that they're gonna hear it from uh, Rick. But yeah, he just it was just funny to just watch him. Just every time like he called a timeout, you could just kind of see him walk onto the court and just with this look on his face, just absolutely miserable. It it was pretty funny. And again, just use the ball their timeouts on the third. That was a bit odd. And yeah, the first time I've ever seen Rick Carlisle. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> Hopefully they can figure stuff out. They're, like the fact that they're twelve and nine right now is actually a pretty incredible thing because I mean look at this roster. It's a bunch of like guys. It's just a bunch of guys really. Like you have Tyrese, you have Buddy, you have Miles, and you have Ben Matherin. And the rest of the guys are just you know guys that let's be honest. Like who? <laughs> like who is Terry Taylor? Like Aaron Neesmith again. The only reason why I know who Aaron Neesmith is because I liked them in the draft. Like and and I was so surprised. James Johnson is on this team. He didn't even play. Like I I really I I like I was one of those guys that kind of wanted to you know take a look at James Johnson. Like I was really into just signing another wing. Like again, I was I really wanted you know the Kings to take a look at Utah Watanabe, who you know is leading three, leading the league in three point shooting right now. And you know it's, you just need more wings. But hey. It is what it is. Like, you know, our roster right now is fine for the most part. You need, you need like a, you know, a rim protecting four that can also space the floor. And those are few and far in between. So, you know, who, who knows how, how we get those guys. But yeah, James Johnson was on this team and I was shocked to see him. There's a guy named Terry Taylor. That's interesting. That's a wrestler name for those of you that don't uh, watch wrestling. So yeah, and then another way to just talk, randomly talk about wrestling. Okay. Well, that's all I have for the game. Um, the atmosphere um, at the arena was amazing. I believe I saw it was another sellout. I don't know about it um, breaking records or anything, but yes, it was a sellout. Amazing atmosphere. Every time I go, I, I almost go deaf because <laughs> the goddamn arena is so freaking loud. And on the highlights and like the broadcast, it, it they don't do it justice enough to see, just show you just how loud it gets. And you know, maybe it's because of the broadcast I'm watching. Uh, maybe like if you watch on League Pass is a little better, but it's it's loud in there, and it's it's an absolute joy to watch right now. Um, you know, just so soaking it in, and I'm I'm happy. Like you know, this 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 Kings team has a new vibe. So far, they're beating the bad teams. Now against good teams, you're gonna be kind of shaky to say the least. But to see them be able to take care of business against like teams around their level. And just, you know, for them to be able to kind of not go on an extended long losing streak again, like you got to be able to do that if you want to make the playoffs. And, you know, right now they're doing their job. And, you know, hopefully they keep up this momentum and just, you know, hopefully by the end of the season, they're either in the play in or, you know, maybe they just make the playoffs outright. That would be pretty much the story of the story of the year, you know. Because I, like with how the Kings have been, like you 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 won't believe it until they're in in it, right? Like the last year, the Timberwolves, they were what forty, I think like forty six wins. Like n- nobody believed they're like if you ask like I think most people, they probably would have picked the Clippers to win that playing game. But hey, they managed to make it out of that one, and they, you know they have the iconic moment, and hopefully like this year, it's gonna be the Kings' iconic moment. You know, somebody's gonna be crying at that scores table. That's gonna be a fun, that's gonna be funny, and you know, hope, like just taking care of teams like the Pacers, like that's what you got to do. And they were able to take care of business. And 
you know, the next, like the schedule going forward is going to be tough for the Kings, but Hey, you, you, you play whoever's in front of you and you do the best that you could. They play the Clippers. Um, I believe it's on the Saturday. Yes. They play the Clippers on Saturday. And, uh, after that is a back. So they come, that's so weird. They go to LA to play the Clippers and then they come back to Chicago, come back to play against Chicago. And then they go on a murder's row of a, uh, of a of a road trip milwaukee cleveland new york philly toronto and detroit jesus christ that is fucked up <laughs> wow that, that is a murderous row of teams right there jesus okay uh hopefully you know they're able to take care of business you know steal a win here or there and hopefully you come out of this trip somehow still 500 i'll just say that <laughs> okay all right, uh, to end the uh, episode, we're just going to quickly talk about news around the league. Um, so yesterday, Cats uh, sustained an injury. Um, it looked like an Achilles injury, but it was uh, diagnosed to be, I believe, a strained calf. He will be out for a few weeks. Um, hopefully, he does have a speedy recovery. But a lot of people were talking about how, um, you know, the Timberwolves might be better. They actually end up beating uh, the Grizzlies last night. I didn't watch the game, but apparently, you know, um, Kyle Anderson, like a very good player, managed to kind of stabilize the team a little bit. And, you know, without Cat, now they have like a, now they have a bit more of a defensive identity. Because let's be honest, as good as Cat is an offensive player, terrible defender. I, I have thought that Gobert could actually cover up a lot of that stuff. But, you know, I, Ultimately, I think Gobert is overrated on defense. Like, wh however you want to break it down. He's just a guy that plays a very specific way, and it can be abused. It, even in, and you know, to a certain degree in the regular season. But it is going to get hunted in the playoffs. And now, the reason why I, thought, I never thought this was a good trade was because, you know, you give up all those picks for a guy that, again, that doesn't really help you in the playoffs. And also, like... You end up keeping D'Angelo Russell for some reason too, and uh, also I don't. I'm not a cat guy. I, I'm I'm just one of the, like the biggest cat haters. Like, sure, offensively, just one one of the one of the best offensive centers of all time has not amounted to jack shit because he is an idiot. <laughs> he's just not a smart basketball player, and you know, it's just he's he's going to be a guy that's going to hold you back, and then you have another guy that's going to hold you back, Rudy Gobert. And then Edward, or no, uh, Russell is a guy that also just is not really a winning player for the most part. But hey, this game, 15 and 10, and, you know, it, maybe it's time to finally, be, like with Cat out, as weird as, as it is to say, you can now finally unleash Anthony Edwards. And he he is the future of this future of this franchise, and they probably should have built around him instead of Cat. <laughs> just saying. Again, my I will go back, and of course, this is, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I said this at the time on an episode. I might have said it to Fong privately, but they should have just traded however six picks for and Cat and D, maybe put D'Angelo in there for Kevin Durant over the summer. Like, you ultimately end up giving five, five, um, five draft picks to Rudy Gobert. Like, Rudy's just not that guy. And, you know best of luck to you Wolves fans. Hopefully, you guys probably will make the playoffs. It's hard to believe you guys won't. But, like, right now, it's not it's not really working. And, you know, it could be a good thing right now that if that if they start winning now, it could be a good thing. But at the same time, when Cat comes back, it's going to throw a wrench into things. 
they're gonna have to uh, you know figure stuff out but you know best of luck to you know best of wishes to Carlton Towns hopefully he comes back with a good recovery and hey maybe they figure out something and maybe the, whatever they figure out cat can just fit right back in there and it's going to it's going to be interesting going forward if they miss the playoffs my god the funniest result would be something somehow maybe utah makes the playoffs or hell maybe they make the play in and Minnesota is the one to miss the play <laughs> playoffs, and somehow that ends up in Victor Wembanyama going to uh going to Utah. Like regardless, it's you know the Lakers one is even fun. It would probably be even funnier, but I just don't hear enough people talk about the possibility of the Wolves missing the playoffs because again, not not a go, not a Gobert guy, not a not a Cat guy, not not a D'Angelo guy. And you got all three of these guys on, on the same team. So best of luck. Hopefully they do figure it out. And maybe they can just prove me wrong. Because I've been wrong a lot of times. I'm more than more than willing to admit that. So best of best of wishes to you guys. And last thing I want to talk about. Uh Devin Booker dropped 51 on the Bulls in the in three quarters. He didn't even play in the fourth. He could have gone for 70, but he just said, fuck it. <laughs> We're already won. We're beating this team's ass. Why do I need to put any more effort? Right? Just rest up. Get in the ice bath and chill. Uh, the reason why I bring this up is just because the, it, may, it might not be so bad that um, the Kings gave 44 to him. Like, Booker's on a run of his career right now. And, you know, without Chris Paul, without um, Jay Crowder, without Cam, Cam Johnson, almost like Cam Thomas, he's he's turning, he's really showing that he is a top, like, who would be the better shooting guards above him? Because the shooting guard is always a tricky position. Like, it's Booker. Like, I guess Bradley Beal, although ultimately I think Bradley Beal is a bit overrated. Um, like, Zach Levine, who, who else would be a, would be considered a shooting guard at this point? Like, it's tricky sometimes, but he's definitely probably the best two guard in the league right now. And, you know, I really want to see De'Aaron at some point take some sort of Booker leap. And, you know, Booker took this leap when, you know, they made... they. Well, it was actually the year before. Well, he's always actually been really good, but he really took the lead when they traded for Chris Paul. Like, it, it's always tricky when you have a have a player on a losing situation, and you just don't know if they can fit into a winning situation. I.e., can they play defense? Can they sacrifice, you know, for the better well well the team and still be able to produce at a high level? I am I am one of those that believe that De'Aaron can do that. And you know he has a really deadly mid-range game. His off-ball game isn't like isn't like terrible, but it's definitely a work in progress. And the defense has to get better. But in a winning situation, I think De'Aaron can turn into a Booker-esque type player. And I just hope at some point, like De'Aaron just finally turns on that switch. He definitely did like turn that switch on like early in the season, but now he's kind of slowing down a little bit. Even in this Indiana game, like you know he scored. He he had some stretches, but you know, he needs to kind of put a full game together, attack the rim more. Now, I I read that James Ham said he's a, he's quite beat up. Not, nothing like too major, but he is like, you know, battered and bruised a little bit. And it's going to take a little bit for him to probably like get back to what he was at the beginning of the season. And hopefully he will find it. And, you know, maybe this is the year he finally makes that all-star berth because he, you know, if he keeps, he's got to like bounce back a little bit. But, like, if he kind of just maintains his performance through, like, however many games there have been this so far, he's going to be 
he he's going to be in running for an all-star and it, it's going to be funny if him and tyrese both make the all-star game it's just so so weird to see that like they split these two up and like you always like think like what if we just kept them together but the reality is they never would have been this good if they were still together and it's just a, it's just one of those trades that ended up working out for for both teams so yeah, just the long way of uh, talking about Booker to loop back to talk about the Kings. Uh, yeah, because we are a Kings podcast and that's what we do. Okay, all right. So that's all I have for this episode. Again, inc- a really fun game to go to. Um, we'll be going to more games in the future. So yeah, um, for those kinds of uh, for those kinds of games, I always just have more to talk about for some reason. So. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this little long form solo podcast. Again, Fong will 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 be MIA for the next few episodes, so you will just have to listen to me talk. Hopefully you do enjoy that, and hopefully you do come back to listen to listen to me recap the games. All right, thank you guys for listening to this one. Uh, I'll catch you guys back uh, after the Clippers game on Saturday.